everybody and welcome to this week's podcast. Today we'll be addressing the two articles for this week. The first written by Emily Kofed called Crafting Rhetorical Precedent, The Paradox of the LGBT Asylum Seeker in the Matter of Tabuso Alfonso. And then the second written by Carolyn Comer called Rivaling the Rhetoric of Accountability disassociation as an advocacy strategy in U.S. higher education policy. Policy. Now, quickly before we go into detail, I want to make clear that I'm not going to go into great detail about the Carolyn Comer article, partially because it was not of great interest to me. However, the first portion of it, which is the disassociation as as an advocacy strategy, really did help me understand the article written by Emily Kofed. Okay, so we're going to jump right into it. So initially, when I was reading this article, I read the abstract first, and I was a tad bit, I won't say confused, but I guess confounded, honestly, because of number one, the outdated language that was used, but then I had to think back on to the time period of what was going on during this time so I guess I understand it but it was still a little I get disrespectful honestly um but I was definitely taken back by that but then also by how the courts and the laws set these precedents without thinking about the first the definitions of the words that they were using and then also to how the 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 words can be misconstrued or taken out of context or even switched around in order to make an argument that best fits um Tabuso Alfonso's case. So in the abstract it says the 1990 border Im- immigration appeals case was the first to establish LGBT people as eligible for asylum in the United States upon proof of their quote-unquote homosexual identity and of their quote-unquote well-founded fear of persecution in another nation. So let's dig into that one initially. First of all, the issue that I found with that was the courts basically needed these people to prove that they identified as LGBT and this really draws forth the separation between action and status and so for me to understand this I set it up as term one and term two and I put action on top and status on the bottom which sets up status as the criterion for action the way that this precedent is set basically says to me that in order for you to identify as LGBT, you have to commit acts of someone who would fit the category in this time or the assumption rather, or the presumption rather of this time as someone who is LGBT. And that is, I think, a very flawed um, idea because it, it, it puts people in a box these people who are first human, it puts them in a box of, oh, you are a human that identifies as LGBT, so you can't be anything else. And the only way you can identify that way is if you can prove that you have an attraction to males or you are transgender or you have an attraction to females as a one. It, it, it really doesn't make clear sense. It honestly seems as though it's written in bias. 
So another thing that really stood out to me was the separation of citizenship and status as LGBT. My whole, I guess, qualm that I found with that was they took, again, the person out of the situation and only looked at their identity. And they judged their citizenship based on how they identified or rather were identified by their country that wanted to persecute them for their sexual orientation. And so for me to understand it, I switched or I, I did a disassociation for advocacy of this of this um of this person Tabuso Alfonso in order to see that he took the status out and made the big picture citizenship and his arguments were based solely on the fact that citizenship in Cuba was not granted to him because of his status however his status was not the main reason why he was not allowed to be a citizen of Cuba it was part it was based on bias and bigotry and just hatred for people who were different or not perfect because Fidel Castro wanted to get rid of people who did not fit the category of the perfect Cuban person and this just really I guess made me understand the importance of disassociation to take the to take um, the almost the stigma, I guess that's the right word, out of the words that we use, draw back from it and look at the human first or look at the person first or look at the situation first before you dig deeper into what else might fall underneath the umbrella of that thing. So I really did enjoy that article and looking at it as and looking at the way he made his arguments or his um, lawyer made, um, excuse me, their lawyer made their arguments for them really did, I guess, make me feel better about the way this whole situation was approached. And it also made me look towards the future as, you know, things progress as far as the LGBT QIA, I believe that's right, um, community addresses um, different biases and different um, issues stacked against them.